All right. Hallelujah, Israel. Glory to the King. Everybody all right? Well, well, the false prophets said that if I come up there where they at, he's going to call the police on me. Oh, well, hallelujah, here's what it is. I'm glad to be in the land of the living. Hallelujah. Maybe about 15 minutes in the service, then you can cut that off, all right? Most high, but y'all, you alone are worthy all praise, glory, and honor. We thank you for all things. We bless your magnificent name. Father, we humbly need you here this morning. Jesus, talk to us, speak to us. Help us to make sure that we constantly have your fear before our eyes. All the gender to obedience to you. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for being the ultimate sacrifice of saying that it is finished. You made a complete end of sin so that we, your people, can be redeemed and brought back to the Father. We need you this daytime and hour at the forefront of our minds. Speak to us these truths and pray these saying, sing deep down in our heart, and we promise to give you the glory for all things in Yeshua's magnificent name. Hallelujah. All right. How everybody doing? Everybody all right? All right, you may be seated. Well, let's go ahead and get going. Prophecy. Prophecy. Hmm. Hey, um, when y'all when y'all find out, let me know. Just have Elder Mitchell, somebody come up here and let me know somebody. Prophecy. Hell. That's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about the most avoided subject in the universe. Nobody wants to talk about it, but ninety nine percent of the people that are born are going there. It'd be really, really bad and terrible that after being born again, you would end up there. Wouldn't it? That'd be a bad situation. That'd be like one of those situations with Judas had been better for you to not even be born. Hmm. Can you imagine someone actually being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and having a connection with Yah? which is really the best thing that could ever happen to us in this world. And then to turn and to deny the Holy One of Israel that bought us, that'd be a bad situation, wouldn't it? In Malachi 4.1, it says, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud... Yea, and all that do what? That do what? Shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up. Say of Yahweh of hosts. That it shall leave them neither room nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness, what that means is the glorious rays, the illuminate the light, 
Arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. In the day that I shall do this, saith Yahweh of hosts. Now, hell is a vast subject. I'm not going to pretend that I know everything about the subject because I personally have never been there and not plan on going there. Hallelujah. There's a lot of places I want to travel, but that ain't one of them. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of theories, and that's the best that most people can do because unless you've been there, the only thing you can depend on is what is written. Hallelujah. Some believe that your soul sleeps. Some believe that there's no such thing as a living, burning hell. Some believe that you're going to get burned up. Some believe that um, it's just a, a, a darkness of separation. Well, I do believe we're going to get to the truth of it. There's so many. I mean, I, if I would have kept going, I could have been up to 500 scriptures in this. I had to condense this thing down, if you understand what I mean. So what we're going to do is the same standard operating procedures that we always do is go to the book, see what it has to say, because I truly don't care about what scholars, so-called Jewish, Talmudists, I don't care about what the Greeks and the Romans and, and everybody else says. I really don't care about what none of them says. I mean, when Yahshua was speaking about this subject, when a man would, was asking, what can he do to inherit eternal life? When he got to the end of it, he told them, they have Moses and the prophets. So if you listen to Moses and the prophets, to me, as far as I'm concerned, to hell with everybody else. <laughs> Does that make sense? I mean, if Yahshua said they got Moses and the prophets, in other words, you need to know the scriptures. Hallelujah. Now, before we get going here, you have to understand that there's one thing that this world misses out on when it concerning subjects like this, and that's the proper timing of everything. Did y'all hear me? The proper timing for everything. Because there's a time for everything. There was a time before the death, burial, and resurrection of Messiah. Then there's the time after the death, burial, and resurrection. All right? All right. All I do know is that I do not want to go there, so I would trust Jesus all the days of my life. So, this, like many other subjects, can easily go any kind of a way a person wants it to. I'm going to say it now, but I'm... If I say it now, I mean, I'm going to probably say it again later too, okay? If somebody tells you something, the onus and the burden of proof is on the people to approve their assertion, not for you to argue back with them. You're supposed to just tentatively listen to them and see if their theories, their concepts, their ideals, if it has any merit to it at all. Does that make sense? Now, I'm going to stick with what Jesus said and did. The death and resurrection of Jesus produced a change in the whole universe. 
Did y'all hear what I said? Because the scriptures speak more about his life and his coming, it does not go into great detail concerning death after his resurrection. Jesus did give us his words, and his apostles spoke about it as well. Most draw their conclusions about hell before his death and not after his resurrection. I'm sure it's a hot place because we've been told that. I'm sure it's a place of an abyss, but it has many different meanings to it, okay? So first of all, hell is all of our default destination. In other words, every single man born of woman, man and woman, using it in a generic form, we were all eternally destined to go there. Now, everybody, I'm going to go ahead and throw some things out there before we get there, okay? Everybody prior to Jesus being impaled on the tree, they all went to Sheol. Everybody. Some to a place of rest, some to a place of torment. Because there's a theory out there where they don't believe that people are going to be tormented. But wouldn't it be nice to know that you can live a wicked life and there's no payment for it, though? I mean, if you didn't want to believe in hell, wouldn't it be nice to just comfort your mind by making it go away? You can cut that off. Because of Abraham's sin and listening to Eve instead of Yahweh, that's the reason why we ended up in the condition men today. First man, sin, Adam. Are you following me? Disobeying the Most High, we are all guilty of sin and deserve eternal punishment. We are all in need of a Savior. Yahweh. And Yahweh is that Savior for us. Not only that, some of us need to be saved from ourselves. <laughs> okay, y'all go ahead and cut that heat back up for the saints too, okay? We'll get that dead stale heat out here. So without him being master of our lives, we all stand condemned. Y'all comprehend that, right? Every single one of us. People go to hell voluntarily because they do not want anyone ruling over them, especially, yeah, because most people, like I use my little three comments over and over again, are self-centered, self-focused, and self-absorbed. What that means is, is that people are mostly centered on what they want to do in life, and they don't want y'all interfering with it. They don't want y'all, they don't want man, they don't want nobody interfering because man has become a god unto himself. And the reason why people voluntarily go there because they choose to be an Elohim to themselves rather than becoming a bond servant to the king. Are you following me? And mental sin is just not going to keep people from going there either. You understand what I mean? Most people mentally like to think. I mean, if you ask a lot of people if they're going to hell, they'll tell you they ain't going. They will literally tell you. If they did, if they believed that there was a such thing as hell, would you not change the way you live in life? Change the way you do? You talk, you speak, knowing that every idle word, every idle word and every thought, every thought. Remember, y'all's going to judge the thought and the intention. See, but we focus more on what we say. 
But he's even going to judge the thought that goes unchecked. The thought that you continue to form the reality in your mind that you never do nothing about. He's going to judge the very thought and the intentions. You know those intentions that you don't like disclosing to everybody? Of a man's heart. So when he says there's nothing that's going to be hidden, there ain't nothing going to be hidden. You can lie to me, you can try to fool me, but you ain't going to fool y'all. Because he's the one that knows the thoughts and the intentions. Now, whoever repents for bad thoughts? No, not many. Most people don't even think about it. Hmm? We barely repent for the things we say. <laughs> Uh-oh. Hmm? Whoever ever find themselves on their knees crying out to y'all because they had a bad intention. Mostly what people do, if, if they can't discover what your intentions is, they just kind of just poo-poo it. Nah, ain't no big deal. Nobody else saw it. No big deal. Well, at least you think nobody else saw it. Mind you, I might add that discern, discerning the spirits is one of the gifts. See, a wise man, he sees a lot of things. He's even wiser seeing something and then not giving voice to it. Uh-oh. Mm. That goes back to that word that says all things are lawful. But they're not expedient. You know what I'm saying? I mean... Goes back to that saying right there. In life, because we have two choices. The one, stay in our state of rebellion and depravity. Or two, submit to the Savior and accept his gift of redemption. Now let's start this thing off. You see, we were all born in sin and shaping in iniquity. We all have been partakers of the sin of Adam. And because of that, we are in a certain state and condition. We were born, are you following me? Void of Yah. Before Adam sinned, when Adam was created, he was created to have a relationship with Yah. But sin broke the relationship with the Father. And the whole purpose of Yah putting his whole plan together is so he could redeem us, so he could bring us back into good stead so he can make us the people who we ought to be. Does that make sense? And so he devised a plan that he said he's going to send his own son. Are you following me? And he was going to take the iniquity of the whole world. And Yah was going to lay all of it upon him. So, when you live your life independently without Yahshua as your Savior, without, your gui without his guidance, without his Ruach, are you following me? I mean, let me give you an example. When the book says that my spirit shall not always strive with man, that means Yah's not always going to have his spirit living with man. Do you hear that? So, therefore, he shortened the days of man.
The other day I was thinking about Methuselah, poor man. You imagine living 969 years? Who'd want to do that? Huh? I mean, I'm 56 years old and I'm already tired of this mess. <laughs> hmm? Whew. You imagine where you'd be at another 100 years? It ain't so bad living like this as an Israelite, as long as you ain't obedient to Yah. You understand what I mean? But you think about it, 969 years is a long time to get it right. Because he said his spirit's not going to always strive with man, he shortened those days. He said, hey, I'll give you 70 years. Add you another 10 because of strength. Anything over that, or he is merciful. Isn't that amazing? So y'all's good, isn't he? Hmm. Everyone makes a living choice. Can you turn this thing up again? We are, we're in a bottle again. I don't know how that happens every week. It, it causes my ears to hurt. Y'all don't hear it? It, it gets to a point. Keep going, Elder, because it gets to a point where it's real clear. And it doesn't sound like we're in a bottle. It's getting better, ain't it? Can y'all tell it's getting better? Are we almost there? Ah, oh, come on. Hallelujah. There we go. See, you, you, you got to yoke that thing just, oh, you don't pull back on me. Something happened. You got to yoke that thing just right. Hallelujah. You can hear it in the hearing. All right, hallelujah. For those of us who are truly redeemed, his goodness causes us to look toward the tree. Toward the tree. Psalms 89 verse 48 says, what man is he? Ah, didn't that sound good? Y'all hear that? Hmm? What man is he that liveth and seeth not death? Shall he deliver his soul from the hand of the grave? Selah. Hell, the word hell appears 31 times. Grave, 31 times. Pit, three times. We're talking about in the so-called Old Testament. Total 65 curses, right? There are also other words associated with hell, such as Sheol. Gehenna. Hades. Tartus. Are you following me? The word hell in itself actually comes from a Greek god. I just didn't, it was too much to add on. You understand know what I mean? It just it comes from a Greek god. And then the, so the translation has picked it up and everything. So really the proper word is Sheol. Renewed covenant, Guiana. Uh, that place right there called Taurus is a place where those um, demons, when they ask Yahshua to put them into the swine, that's the place they don't want to go. Hallelujah. Psalms 139 verse 7, where shall I go from thy spirit? Or whether shall I flee from your presence? Nowhere. If I send up into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. So the word Sheol or Hades or world of the dead, as if a subterranean retreat including its accessories, 
did intimate is basically grave, hell, pit. Psalm 16, verse 10. We're going over a lot of scriptures, okay? For you will not leave my soul in hell. Now notice, David is prophesying right here. You will not leave my soul in and watch as neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. That's prophecy. That's a big time prophecy right there. Okay? Over in Bethesheet 37, 34, and Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his sons many days. And the son and his sons and his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. For he said, I will, for I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Now, notice he said back then, grave, right? In other words, as the patriarchs and people begin to live this thing, they only had a certain amount of knowledge of everything. Or, if or, or let's say anything. They didn't have the amount of knowledge that we have today. Because they don't have the experience after the tree. Are you following me? I mean, think about this. Jacob, he never heard of Ezekiel, or Jeremiah. Are you following me? Or Moses. He could only communicate to us based on what he understood at that time. Luke 16, 23, and in hell, he lifted up his what? And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in I know there's a lot of people that actually talks about hell or try to discuss hell. They usually avoid the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They usually avoid what the Messiah says. They, they go all over to the Old Testament and then they look for everything, all these things and ideas to fit with it, but they don't too much stick with what Jesus said. And I might add, there were a lot of parables in the book. But when he got to the rich man and Lazarus, he didn't call that a parable. Mm -mm. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, Abraham being the father of faith, that's why it was called Abraham's bosom, okay? And what I'm doing is just going over just a few things to warm us up here, okay? Skipping around and we're going to get on into it, okay? Mark 9, 34. And if thy hand offend you, cut it off. For it is better for you to enter into life main than having two hands to go into hell. Into the what? That never shall be quenched. Now, some people, when they read this, because based on what angle of knowledge that they embrace, they believe that it's the fire where you're going to get burned up. Well, again, we'll see what the book says. Where the worm dive not, and the fire is not quenched. Matthew 13, 42. And shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Guiana. Guiana. All that of Hebrew words and all this other stuff right here, right? When it gets to it, it's basically a name of a place or state of everlasting punishment. Hell. Gehenna is Sheol. Sheol is Gehenna. Y'all get that? One Hebrew, one Greek. Matthew 10, 28. 
Fear not them which is, which, fear not them which kill the body. And this is one of their hallmark scriptures right here too. They, they lean on this, kind of like the Pentecostals lean on Acts 2.38. The book doesn't consist of nothing else but Acts 2.38. You all go to a Pentecostal church, it's not about the commandments, it's all about Acts 2.38. Everything's Acts 2.38. And even when they start talking about prophecies, it's associated with Acts 2.38. I kid you not. Y'all ain't never been to those assemblies like that? Yeah, everything's Acts 2.38. Just like the seven-day Adventists, it's, it's all about the commandments. All about the commandments. Not about the precepts, not about prophecies, just commandments. That's it. Mm-hmm. And Christians, is all about ham. Bacon. Swine. Sausage. Chitlins. Christians can't do nothing without thinking about their pig. Hallelujah. But, but you are not able to kill the soul, but rather fill him, which is able to destroy. And mind you, some people think destroy means come to a completion end of non-existence. Destroy both soul and body in hell. So they go see soul and body. In hell. Only one problem. The body is going back to the dust from where it came. Are you following? Some teach the soul will not be kept alive but destroyed based upon this one passage. Some also believe the soul is destroyed by the lake of fire, which is referred to as the second death. Matthew 23, 33, Yahshua said, you serpents and you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? So he's actually looking at the scribes and Pharisees right here, calling them all kind of names. Is he not calling them names? Serpents? You brood of vipers? That's pretty bad. In other words, you poisonous, venomous snakes. You get it? He asking them, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Well, it seems like the Messiah is implying that there is a punishment. Matthew 25, 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, and into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So what was this place really originally prepared for? the devil and his angels. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Punishment means torment. Okay, the reality of hell. I thought about making this message in such a way to scare the living daylights out of you, but I just thought I'd just take the smooth road. Not that I'm trying to pave it for you. Hallelujah. What is obvious when we're reading the passages about the text is demons are very real. They are also roaming this earth right now like they did in the days of Jesus. They are not bound. Luke 16, 19. There's only a certain classification of angels that are actually bound. 
Now, personally, I believe, notice I said I personally believe, according to Genesis 6, and of course, you know, this is where a lot of conflict comes in because you'll read that angels cannot procreate with women. But then when you go over to Genesis and you see the sons of Yah saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and then they end up doing what? Procreating with them and they created giants in the land. This is why a person believe a lot of the demonic spirits end up coming from. I mean, a serious set of spirits. And also, you know who actually gave us the knowledge of metallurgy and, and all this other stuff that we've learned in this world? Fallen angels did. There was all this knowledge. There was things that the Most High Yah intended on us never learning, never had. It actually even grieved Yah that he even made man. That's how bad man has fallen from him. Luke 16, 19, there was a certain man, a certain rich man, which had, was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar man died and was carried by the angels into the grave where he can go to sleep. So we can throw away that one, right? But after all, this is the creator universe speaking, right? He was carried away into the uh, by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in Sounds like it's a place of torment to me that you are fully aware of what's going on. And seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Notice, he saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. At this particular time in juncture, in time, look at this. And he cried and said, Father Abraham. He's actually speaking to Father Abraham. Christians like to say, oh, it's just a story. Like I said, this one had no indication that it was just a parable. And he cried, said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. So he's conscious while in torments where he's at. And he could also feel the torment that he was in. Are y'all listening? And send Lazarus, he could see Lazarus, that he may dip his, dip the tip of his, in what? So could there be water in hell? On the side of Abraham's bosom? Because he couldn't come back to earth. 
and cool my, so apparently he ain't have nothing to drink. And apparently, like a lot of people think, he ain't going to hell to party. For I am tormented in this. But Abraham said, Abraham said? Son, remember that you in your lifetime receive of good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and you are, so we can ascertain so far that hell is a place of torment, where you are consciously aware, and not only are you consciously aware, but you know who's there, at least at this time. And besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed. So, in this place, the pagans call it the underworld. This great gulf, the pagans call it the river Styx. This great gulf, this separation, apparently they could talk to each other across from it. And besides all this between us and you, there's this great goal fixed so that they would not pass from hence to come, uh, from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray you therefore, Father, that you would ascend him to my father's house. Now, you've been hearing me saying lately, I don't think that too many people are going to be concerned about what's going on with folks. And I'm speaking from the time we're in now. This is the time before the impalement of Messiah, before he was crucified on the tree. So he says, send him to my father that he would have sent him to my father's house, right? For I have five brethren that they would testify unto them lest they also come to this place of Abraham said unto him, they have and the let them hear them. Now at this time, the physical Moses has been gone. The prophets have all passed on. As a matter of fact, the prophets are probably sitting right there in Abraham's bosom as well. But he's telling them, let them hear them. In other words, let them hear what is written and then follow it. In other words, saints, don't you wait for a revelation or some angel to come down and speak to you personally. You better read that book and believe every single word of it and do it. It has nothing to do about how you feel. It has nothing to do about what you think. You've got Moses and the prophets. The instructions are there. The rules are there. The guidelines are there. Hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. See, that's his thought. He, at least he's thinking that if somebody come back from the dead. Hmm? And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded the one rose from the dead. 
Now, mind you, this is the conversation that's going on in Guyana, Sheol. Matthew 25, 30 says, and cast you the unprofitable servant into what kind of darkness? There shall be weeping and gnashing of, does it sound like a place you want to go? Matthew 10, 28, we already read that one. Because of his mercy, his greatness causes us to bow the knee, cry out in awe and wonder. We fear him. We realize we don't deserve salvation. We deserve punishment. His goodness, on the other hand, causes us to rise up in endless praise, grateful for a savior. His mercy allows us to enter into his presence boldly and without fear because he is good. Y'all understand that? Y'all want a picture of that? Okay, so we're standing before the king, right? And, And we're getting ready to walk on into the kingdom. Or here on this earth, when we need something from him, we boldly come into his presence. We boldly come into his presence, not with fear. We're not intimidated. We come boldly because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. In other words, your outlook needs to be like this. Jesus, I'm here because I love you. I'm here because I trust in you and I obey you. And I know that whatsoever I ask according to your will, you won't deny me. So I's here. You know you can speak like that when you don't pass from death to life. Because I don't, I don't really truly think that any born-again Israelites has any fear of going to hell. I don't. I ain't going there. Hallelujah. We can have a relationship with him as a child, dearly beloved, snatched from the flames of hell. The goodness and the severity of Yah, the character of Yah is the guarantee that all wrongs will be righted someday. When the day of Yah's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed, arrives retribution will be exacted and no problems of cosmetic unfairness will remain to haunt us. Yah is the judge, so justice will be done. Well, the one thing that this world don't want to talk about is what kind of justice is that. Yah is going to bring vengeance upon all the human beings on this earth that has committed atrocities against his real chosen people. 
So when he's saying, vengeance is mine, I will repay, he didn't, there was no Christians around when it was written. He's talking about bringing vengeance upon what people have done to his people. Because remember, y'all said, he that touches you touches the apple of my eye. There are spirits that are bound right now. In Luke 8.30, and Jesus asked him, saying, what is your name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go into the deep. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them. And they went, the devils, out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. Well, we know the account. Everybody got mad because, they, the, the, you know, the swine, they lost some livestock. They ain't care nothing about the man being delivered. If you go read that, I'm serious. We some tore up people. When we read this account, it's obvious the legions did not want to go into the abyss. That's what that word comes from. The deep. Deafness. That is the abyss. Deep. That means bottomless pit. That's where Satan is going to be bound for a thousand years. Now, 2 Peter 2.4 says, For if y'all spare not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell and deliver them in the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Y'all hear that? Them the ones, I think, that did the sin with women in Genesis 6. Are y'all hearing this? These were the fallen angels who sinned around the time of Noah. Here's that word, tarapo, tarapo. Well, anyway, tartus is what it's basically trying to say in our day and time vernacular, okay? The deep abyss of Hades to incarcerate in eternal torment, cast down to hell. Revelation 20 verse 1 says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a what? Thousand years. This is when Yahshua comes, set his kingdom up on his earth, He's going to be bound for a thousand years. And cast him to the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. So all this hell is going on now is because of all these little demons and imps running around. Are you following me? They're disembodied spirits that are spitting in your ears. Remember, he come to make war with the saints. Spitting into the ears of the world, 
The thief coming not but to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the one that's doing all this, and we know this because of the account of Job. Job, just like us at one time, was living not knowing what in the world was going on. And then we can look into and peer into Job's life and find out, all, oh, all this hell didn't start until Satan actually came up before y'all. Remember I told y'all last night, most people think that, oh, yeah, yeah Satan, he the, one who, he the one who messing my life up. You ain't that important. Job was important. Jesus was important. Now, don't get me wrong. You're important to y'all, but you ain't that important to warrant the presence of Satan. You dealing with the imps, the little demons. Y'all should be glad you ain't dealing with Satan. <laughs> Gates of hell. In Matthew 16, 18, and I say also unto you that you are Peter. And upon this rock I will build my assembly, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, properly unseen, that is Hades, or a place of departed souls. Grave hell. Another name, Hades. See all these different names it has for it? Lake of fire. And I saw the great white throne, and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before Yah, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead, in other words, the people who have left this life, were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their what? So my assumption in this is, is that there's an angel that's more likely following you around, recording everything that you're doing. Every thought. Uh-oh. I mean everything. Y'all see the reason why I talk the way I talk? I continue to keep bringing up some men's sins, go before them to judgment, some men's sins come after them. I want to make sure my book is like paper thin. You know, stand repented up. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell were delivered up. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. Man, that's a lot, isn't it? And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of... So death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second... Death, that's pretty bad. You've been born, then you die, you go to hell, where obviously this guy was in torment when he was talking to Abraham, and then you get judged, and then according to the deeds that were written in that book, and then you are heading to the lake of fire. Right now, we know that hell is a place of torment, right? But it says the second death is a lake of fire. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the. Now, this is what I like. What Jesus said. 
He's serpent and generation of vipers. How can you escape the damnation of hell? And cast you, the unprofitable servant, into outer darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then shall he say unto them on his left hand, you depart from me, you curse, into everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his. You see, I'm going through all these scriptures right over in in the message, right? But I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he have killed have power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. So Yahshua did tell the people a lot about hell. Whether they were listening to it or not was another story. I don't think that, it's kind of like today. You can talk about hell, but people don't take it seriously. Why? Because they ain't there. This is never called a parable. It's called a story in the Bible. This is Jesus' description of death. And we already read all this, right? Well, we're going to go over it again. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen who fared sumptuously every day. And there was a, a certain beggar man named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed from the crumbs that fell from the master's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar man died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried and in hell. Who's doing the talking? Jesus is doing the talking. So whatever personal opinions and assumptions and theories everybody else come up, Yahshua clearly told us, told them that there is a hell. He lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And seeing Lazarus that he may dip dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, son, remember that you in your lifetime received us good things. And likewise, Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforting your tormented. And besides all of this, between us and you, there's a great gold fix so that they were, which would, they, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. And he said, I pray you therefore, father, that you would ascend him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They are Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, father, Abraham, but if one went went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they will not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. So, as we continue to read that story for the second time again, it seems very real to me, extremely real. And as I went through the different Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the chapters of it and stuff, the Messiah talked a whole lot about hell. It's as if he was telling people, if you don't follow me and, and as, I, as I am coming in my Father's name, then this will be your destination. See, some people, when they heard him, they were convicted and they were happy that he came. The scribes and Pharisees, when they heard him, they got upset because he came in their mind to replace them. 
Herod was upset and the Romans was upset because there can't be no king but Caesar. Everybody worrying about this one man taking their place when he has a time appointed to be king of kings. Masters of masters. Second Thessalonians 1.8 says, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them and know Yah, Yah, and obey not the message of our master Jesus the Messiah, who shall be punished with everlasting what? So people are going to be punished with everlasting destruction because they know not Yah and obey not the message of our master Jesus the Messiah, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the uh, of the master and from the glory of his power. Acts two verse twenty five actually gives us, this is after the death, after the burial, and after the resurrection, it gives us some insight to what has changed. And David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the master always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad, Moreover, also, my flesh shall rest in hope. Because you will not leave my soul in hell. When David died, where did he go? Went to hell. Went to Sheol. Abraham's bosom. Neither will you suffer our Holy One to see corruption. 1 Peter 3.18 For Messiah also have once suffered for sins. I think that a lot of people will stop sinning if you could get that. The just for the unjust. In other words, Messiah is the just and the holy one. We are all the unjust. He suffered for where we should have been. Are you getting that? See, the wages of sin is, but the gift of Yah is eternal life through Yahshua the Hamashiach. Are you getting that? That's why I personally think that we should be a hell of a lot more grateful yes. instead of having all this drama and theater and confusion and fight and discord and dissension and rebellion and the focus is off. He did all this so he could bring us to Yah. You see? If y'all don't see the blood on you, you ain't going to him. Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the spirit. Y'all getting this, right? So let's paint this picture for a second. While they was whipping Jesus, 
all the way to the tree. And while he was totally disfigured, Satan letting the whole world know what he think about Yah's so-called salvation, which he was Yah's salvation, which he is Yah's salvation. Are you following me? That disfigured man, who you couldn't even make out was a man, put yourself in his place. Then maybe you would change your attitude about your service to Yah. Uh-oh. See, I really truly believe in the daytime and hour that we're living in is that people really truly don't know the message. They don't know the sacrifice that were really truly made for them. Because before the breath went out of his body and Jesus said, it is finished, what he was basically saying was, Father, I have satisfied, I have paid the sin offering that you required for your people to be reconciled back to you. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So when he said, it is finished, Father, I've accomplished your mission and your task. Now your people can come to you. There is no more veil. There's no more middle wall of petition. The relationship that you had with Adam in the beginning before sin came in, now your people has that same relationship restored back unto him because of my sacrifice. By the which he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Now the word, they should, you know, the English should do better about translating the way it should be. What he did was he went and, and proclaimed. He went and made a proclamation. Because that word preach means to hurl a divine, especially divine truth, proclaimed proclamation or published. What did he publish? I told y'all what he published. Hey, y'all. I'm here. Let's go. <laughs> Could you imagine being David and you wrote all them psalms and you seen him come? He goes, there he is. <laughs> I told y'all, he's coming. You will not leave my soul in hell. And neither will you suffer the Holy One to see corruption. Ah, <laughs> oh, man.
So y'all getting this, right? So, so far, all that passed away before the tree, they were all in, all the righteous was in Abraham's bosom. The wicked was in torment. They wasn't in the grave, soul sleeping. They wasn't there waiting to wake up. Are you following me? Remember, it said that he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. That's why when we read certain passages like this in Matthew 27, 52, and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept, meaning they were dead, arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection. I mean, they got to come out after his resurrection because he is the first fruits. of the resurrection. You see, there was a whole lot going on in those three days and three nights. See, the scribes and Pharisees, they were worrying about this body just laying there in the tomb. But Yahshua was busy accomplishing the Father's will. Uh-oh. Huh? What all do you, come on, we know what he did. Not only did he go set the people free that was in prison, but I personally believe before he did that, he went and sprinkled the blood on the ark of the covenant. That's why he said to that woman, don't touch me. I have not yet ascended to your father and my father. <laughs> so in those three days and three nights, he's doing a whole lot besides soul sleeping. And after his resurrection, he went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Listen, Israel, when someone makes an assertion, they also have to support that assertion. When someone says something, it's not your job to refute what they say. It's their job to support what they say. I would say this. There are many things that are not written. But to live righteously right now is the most important thing to do. Now, I told you there was some cosmetic change that has taken place with everything when he said it was finished. So now what we need to do is go and hear the accounts of people after the death, burial, and resurrection and see what they said. You see what I mean? That's why I told you, I'm totally unconcerned about what so-called scholars and, and theories and stuff. I want to know what the people said who are there. So here we go. In Acts 7:54, when they heard these things, you know, Stephen cutting them with the word. <laughs> huh? Preaching the word. You know, kind of like 
Pastor, now do I preach the word and some of you sit there and get soaked up in torment and you get pissed off because I'm preaching the word. People don't think that there's nothing new under the sun. The same thing is going on today. Like that false prophet. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he being full of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of Yah and Jesus standing on our right hand of Yah and said behold I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of Yah. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. Can y'all believe this? And cast him out of the city and stoned him and the witness laid down their clothes at the young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen calling upon Yah and saying, this is what he said, Master Jesus, receive my spirit. He wasn't worried about, he wasn't going to Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom been emptied. <laughs> he looking straight at Jesus, saying, receive my spirit. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with Yah. <laughs> See what I mean? He had a boldness about him. And even in this boldness, he was making a petition that Hey, lay not this sin to their child. They don't understand. They don't comprehend. And out of that comes Saul, the apostle Paul. Isn't that beautiful? So this is the change that has taken place. When Jesus resurrected, our spirit ascends directly to Jesus, but our natural physical body will return from the dust from which it came but the spirit of the righteous will go directly to Jesus. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Master, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had, and when he had said this, he fell what? Meaning he died. This is like the King James, the Holy Ghost. Since we're in the spirit, become a ghost. See what I mean? What Paul said. I think Paul's words are valid because he was one that was chosen out of due season. He's one that had a revelation of Jesus after the death, after the burial, and after the resurrection. 
He's the one that understood the program of Yah and communicated it perfectly to us. See, I tell you, see, something changed while yet still being the same. Philippians 1.23, Paul said this, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with the Messiah. To, to be where? Where's the Messiah? Oh, okay. Which is far better, you know, than being here on this earth. See, Paul knew if he died, he would be with Jesus. Not in Abraham's bosom or laying in the grave sleeping or in Sheol. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Paul was saying, now y'all listen to me. I, I'm in a rock and a hard place. I really truly want to depart and go be with Jesus. But I also know that I am needed here for you, for your edification, for your exhortation, and your comfort. I know I got to get you to a certain place before I leave. That's why he said, now I know it's needful for you. Y'all getting this right? And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for the furtherance and joy of faith. You know that? Paul, man, he kind of like almost knew when his time was going to come, didn't he? He said, man, I really want to go. Man, I want to go. I know how to get out of here too. All I got to do is go to them Jews. <laughs> and tell them, tell them you are the synagogue of Satan. <laughs> and you are of your father the devil just like Jesus said <laughs> and the lust of your father murder you will do but I need to be here that's why I resent that false prophet because Satan used that ignorant ass man to try to pronounce a curse on Yah's man in this time Right now, according to the Most High, I'm needed here. And I ain't going nowhere until y'all says it. Now, if you ask me, if y'all came to me in a vision or a dream, say, son, you want to come home or stay here? I would say, bye, Israel. Y'all got plenty of videos. You better listen. <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> you know, I, I, I joke around and say stuff like that, but then I start to think, I go, man, I really truly want to be with the Father, but Father, you know my heart. Y'all already know. Y'all don't know another man on this earth that's speaking like me. Y'all already know that. I know that. But I also know who I'm being led by. I also know who's doing the speaking. I know who's doing the preaching. I know who's doing the works. I know exactly what's going on. 
And it should be the same way with you too. That your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus the Messiah. For me, by my coming to you again. Paul, he wrote all this, man, to the Philippians and stuff. Can you imagine when, when they've seen him, how much they loved on Paul? And boy, sure is glad to see you. It's a good day to see you, Paul. Let's see. The righteous were released from Sheol. See, what we're doing now is we're going to the, the text. And we're seeing what its testimony is. And not what people's testimony is. We're seeing what is te- what has been written for years. Ephesians 4, 8. Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. In my understanding, he released the souls of the departed righteous and took them with him to glory. The key is this. They could not be released until the penalty of sin had actually been paid for. Jesus, y'all accepted Jesus' payment of sin. Our people were looking forward to the promised sacrifice until it had been offered. We would all still be in Sheol. Once Jesus was impaled on the tree, it was finished. He redeemed us back to the Father. Y'all get that? See, having a son um, at this at juncture in my life is really a blessing from y'all. You know the reason why? I mean, because every morning he wakes up, first thing he does is go and look for his father. His mama, Holy Spirit, taught him from his youth, go see your father. <laughs> Y'all hear this? So me and his mother and I was uh, in the uh, living room because he jumps out of bed, he wakes up. First thing he does, go straight to the office. I said, look, he's looking for his father. I said, isn't that a perfect example of how every morning when we get up, we should be looking for our father? <laughs> Huh? Then the first thing he does is start telling me everything he wants. Is it not a pleasure of the father to give his son? Is it not the pleasure of the father to give you the kingdom? I mean, let's just tell the truth, Israel. Sometimes we be waking up wrong. We bring yesterday into today. When yesterday is gone, today is a day of salvation. Yesterday is past. You live in a now and not for tomorrow. Take no thought. 
for tomorrow. For today is sufficient of itself. And if you realize the day, today is a day of salvation, you'll stop all that foolishness you got going on. Instead of you worried about trying to be saved in some year way down the road, you'll be saving yourself right now. <laughs> That's how you keep yourself sober-minded. Ephesians 4 9. Now he that ascended, but what is it but that he also descend first into the lower parts of the earth? Now he that descended is the same that also ascended. See, he had already ascended, but when he came back, he had to go do something first. What he had to do first? Set the captive free. Far above the heavenly that he might fulfill all things. Revelation 21 8 says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers, whoremongers, and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. When was the first death? When was the first death? The first death was in Adam. In Adam we all died. Were we still alive after the flesh? Did we still have Yah's living spirit with us or his breath in us? Yes, we did. Y'all getting that? And what did it do? It separated us from Yah. Put us in exile. That's what hell is. So hell is real whether people like it or not. The whole total focus of this message right here was to really center our attention on after receiving all the information from the beginning was to actually hear from the people after the resurrection, was to hear from what Yahshua said himself. I can believe that. Now, you got to worry about people who only believe in the Old Testament. They're going to stay stuck in the grave sleeping. Even though when they die... If they die without Messiah, uh, they go into the place of torment. Because there ain't nothing down there now but people being tormented. Y'all see how I put this together? I put this together not on my own mind. I put this together based on what was already written. Because if you turn around... When you start listening to all these people, reading all these damn books they get out today, when the book says you be careful of many books, you're going to be in a state of confusion. Let's recap this, and then we're done, all right? So, before Messiah, when we all had died in Adam, there was a place called Abraham's bosom. That's where the, the, there was two places. 
There was a holding place where Abraham and all the righteous Israelites were kept. They were not in torment, but they could look over across the gulf and see all the people that were in torment. And according to the message right here, they could communicate with each other. But they couldn't cross back and forth. We learned from the account that the Messiah gave us that Lazarus had access to take his finger and put it in the water, which he didn't have any. He didn't want a cup. He just wanted one drop. That already, besides that, see, first of all, like I said, people go to hell because they want to go to hell. They go to hell because they reject Yah's free gift, which is eternal life. Y'all get this? See, now John 3.16 really means something. For Yah so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Here's the key. That whosoever believeth in him, believeth in him is not just mental ascent of acknowledging his existence. Believing in him is to obey him. Believing in him is to serve him. Believing in him is to die to yourself. Believing in him is for you being transformed. Being in, believing in him is being renewed in your mind. Believing in him is being filled with the Holy Spirit. Believing in him is keeping his commandments. That's believing in him. Believing in him is doing exactly what he says. Following the rules, the guidelines, the statutes, and the commandments. That whosoever believes in him should not but have So, let's try to wake up right here. When you wake up in the morning every morning, you don't have to be in torment that one day you may die and go to hell. Why do he fill you with the Holy Spirit so you can go to hell? Are y'all hearing me? He fills you with the Holy Spirit so you can have power to walk in the newness of life. He filled you with the Holy Spirit so he can be righteous. So he can be lights unto Gentiles in the world. That's why he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Every day should be a day of encouragement. Y'all getting this? Now, we know that he's coming back again, right? I don't know how he's going to do it, but he can do it. Some way, somehow, he can take our body that's going back to dust, and he can form us right back and give us a glorified body. We know that we're going to be eating fish in the kingdom because Jesus ate fish. 
We know we're going to be drinking wine in the kingdom. Can y'all imagine us sitting around the table of the Most High, y'all? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm the child of the king, and his royal blood, it flows through my veins. I'm happy, I'm good, I'm glorified and redeemed. Praise y'all, praise y'all. I'm a child of the king. Everybody always say, man, every time we turn straight away during them feast days, boy, look at all that liquor. I say, yeah, wine make the heart merry. That's why we be singing songs, we be merry. See, we be merry and y'all be scary. <laughs> when we drink, it leads us to praise y'all. Y'all drink, it leads y'all to fight. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when Jesus said it was finished, it was finished. He has satisfied the requirement, the payment that y'all had required to reconcile man back to him. Y'all getting that? So then he went and preached to the spirits that were in prison, got them up out of here. And for us to make sure he got them up out of here, that's why he went and said that all these people who had seen their dead relatives walking around on the streets of Jerusalem. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't be something, I mean, come on, man. Your father and everybody done died three years ago, and then next thing you know, hey, son, how you doing? What are you doing? Well, I just thought I'd come say hi before I head to the kingdom. <laughs> Wouldn't that be an encouragement? Knowing that you, what you're doing, you are not dying in vain. And then, Yah made sure that we were going to be secure in salvation because he gave us a down payment, an earnest expectation. He gave us the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is, is, is like holding us in escrow. Until it's time. Are y'all getting that? So he, he, he put the Holy Spirit in there to make sure that we are encouraged. Make sure that we stay in communion with him. You see what we do without his spirit, don't you? So what should we do with his spirit? That's why you should be practicing every morning dying daily. So that the spirit man can get stronger than the flesh. Hallelujah. So Paul said, I'm in a betwitch. I want to go be with the Messiah, but it's needful for me that I stay here with you. Stephen said, I see Yah. And I see Jesus sitting there at the right hand of the Father. Woo! Father, receive my... 
I believe the report. So y'all see how I come to these conclusions? Glory to the king. So y'all should be encouraged, Israel. Don't live your life in torment of hell. Live your life in joy for Yah. Change your focus. Be happy every day because your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. Glory to the King. Let us stand. Father's good, isn't he? Father, we thank you for these words of truth. We pray these sins sink deep down in our heart. The magnificent name of Yahshua, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of our heart, be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Master, my strength, my redeemer, my salvation. Dismissed in the beautiful name of Yahshua, our Mashiach, the only King of kings and masters of master, the Savior of all men who believe. In Jesus' name, Shabbat Shalom, the King is coming.